0: we've uh, we've been going through this diligence for quite a while and uh, we started to go into some of the things containing uh, submission and commitment. Um, and we're still kind of on that stuff. There's certain things that that God is doing in our midst about bringing us together into a one and uh, all of us having a mindset to uh, work together, to be one, to be joined to Jesus Um And that's what we want, to be one uh, with him in all things, in spirit, in heaven, in earth. We want to be one with Jesus. That's that's the big goal. So um, we were talking about some of this uh, submission and commitment, and we're kind of going to get into a little bit of of discipline today. We may go through all of these things a little bit here, but um, when we think of um, discipline in the things of God, let me tell you what we normally think about. Well, that means I got to set aside time to study my Bible a certain time every week. Uh, I'm going to, you know, attend the, the services. I'm going to listen to so many messages online this week, at least two on Tuesday and Thursday. And we're going to do this. And we're going to do that. We start setting up what we're going to do here in, in order to be uh, disciplined. Um, even the disciples, that's where we get the, the term disciple is someone that follows a discipline, isn't it? It follows a discipline. And um, so the thing that's important for us to understand is when we talk about discipline and the commitment and diligence and all of that, we're talking spiritually. So now can someone tell me spiritually, what would you do to have the discipline going forth? What would you have to be disciplined to spiritually? in your thoughts. Meditation. Um, That's really good. Anything else? How would you be disciplined spiritually? I, I want, go ahead. Yeah, by being faithful. Faithful to what? How would you work the faithfulness? Yeah, continuing in it, continuing to uh, receive it, think on it. Remember when it talks about think on these things in Philippians 4? You got to think on them and, and meditate on them. That allows God time to come and add to you. If you do that, spend some time with the Lord, you know, and allow Him to add to you. Uh, so those are the disciplines we're talking about. And this discipline now, all of the disciples followed Jesus and hung on every word, didn't they? You know, did they always understand it? No, that's a big key to you right now. You're not going to understand everything all at once. You may understand some things, but you're not going to understand everything all at once. But what you do, you continue to follow. And what happens is, is that God starts to open your understanding to things. Who's the interpreter? Jesus, God is the only interpreter. He can interpret what's being said to you, preached to you. What's written in the word of God. God is that interpreter. He can bring the understanding of it. Uh, Dan said something this morning I thought was very important that this this um, stuff that God has done toward us has been preordained. In other words, it was from the beginning. Weren't you with God at the beginning? You were with God and in God in the beginning. Sometimes that's a hard concept for people to understand, but that's where you were at. You were a word in God. And he spoke you into existence, believe it or not, your spirit. That's the he's known your spirit from the beginning. That that seems like it's hard to fathom, but that's exactly what he's done. He's known your spirit from the beginning because where did that spirit come from? Him. So he's known you from the beginning. Okay. now, now that you're manifested like this right now, like Seth said, be faithful in all things, you know. So this thing about discipline is, is bigger than what you think. The discipline that that Jesus taught the disciples was what? Just continue to follow me, listen to the words I speak. Wasn't that it? They were in his presence. And then it came a time where he had to leave after he was, you know, going to be crucified and then resurrected and then go back and so forth. There was going to be a time he was going to leave. What did he tell them? I have been with you, but what now? I shall be in you. And what came on the day of Pentecost? That Holy Ghost, didn't it? that I shall be in you and he is in us. The anointing of God is in us right now. It's in us. I don't know how many of you think that you do or do not have the anointing. You do. If you have Christ and the understanding of Christ and you believe God, all of those things you have that in, you have that working in, you. you have that anointing working in you. So even after you've done some submission and you made a commitment and so forth, this discipline is very important because by that, by your walk in God, That's how you're going to grow in the spirit. Uh, Those that are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So there's a following. There's a leading, isn't there? That's the way it's going to work. There's something else that God does. I wrote a few things down on the paper here because my brain isn't what it used to be. As far as remembering things like that, I know none of you have to suffer with that problem. You all remember everything and everything comes back. Let me show you this here. This is kind of cool. So, we didn't get chosen by ourselves. Who chose us? God chose us. This is very important for us to understand that. Let's go to uh, 2 Peter 1.5. Man, I got stuff jumping all over my thing here, and I don't even know why it's jumping on there. So, listen to this. You've heard this before. It's a long list of things here. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, to temperance, patience, to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly, kindness, and to brotherly, kindness, charity. We're supposed to have kindness and love toward one another. It says brotherly, doesn't it? When we don't do that, when we're offended all the time, when we're upset with people all the time, within the body, I'm talking about your brothers and sisters in the body, then you are not doing what God told you to do. You're not having the kindness go forth you don't have the charity which is love going forth you don't have that if you're snapping at people or acting ugly toward people that that's gone you've just separated yourself from the brethren because for some reason you want to separate yourself because they didn't meet a standard that you had that that's not good that's not good at all so to godliness brotherly kindness we should always be kind uh brotherly kindness and then charity that's very important you know, so for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is what? Anybody remember what that scripture says? Blind. If you lack it, you're blind and cannot see afar off and have forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. We all came out of sin, didn't we? And Adam all die? Sometimes we think we're better than somebody else, but we've got to take it back to the basics. We all died in adam we've all all sinners and falling short of the glory of god so now we're all trying to as workers together now we're trying to be the children of god the sons of god doing the things that god desires for us to do so that's where we're at now uh wherefore i will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things though ye know them and be established in the present truth there are people saying all the time "Well, i don't know everything i need to know what if i told you you know enough for God to bring salvation to you. God has saved you by what he has given you, what he's put in you, okay? So, yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. So, Peter's saying, I'm going to die soon. I'm going to go out of here. I'm going to leave here, okay? Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able, after my decease, Comes right out and says it, huh? Say, so after I'm dead, after I'm gone, I want to enable you to be able to do some things. Able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance because they're spirit, aren't they? Always in remembrance. For we have not followed cunningly and devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty, for he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. What has Dan been teaching about glory? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That's pretty cool. So uh, Peter is telling us, here's a thing that's really important, I think. Um, let me read this part over again. We're partakers of the divine nature. And we add, we add all those things, tolerance, uh, kindness, brotherly love, all of that stuff. He won't be barren. He that lacked these things. But then he calls out, he says, you got to make, in another place he talks about, you have to make your calling and election what? Sure. sure. So have you all been called? Now, what about the election part? Do you think you're all calling an election? Sure. The election to what? What are you being elected to? Right. The life, the church, the body. Isn't that your election? To be part of the members of that body. To be sons of God. That's the election. So here's the thing. In the election, are we fully working toward being in that calling and election sure? Is the election being made sure? How are you going to do that? You're going to do that by being disciplined in God. Doing the things that God has asked you to do. I'm talking about spiritually. So as we walk with God and we're given counsel by the elders and so forth, should we remember those things so that we should be able to be disciplined to follow them? Yeah. Be disciplined to follow them. Sometimes it's an individual affair almost, isn't it? There are some that we talk to and there are some things that we've told you. We want you to follow those things in a discipline. And they're spiritual things. It's about your thought, how you think, what you do, how you perceive things. That's what we want to get to so that you start perceiving right. The things that you do in spirit, you do right. You follow after the things of God. That's what we're trying to get into you. It's a very powerful thing. So calling an election. You want to make sure your election to where you're supposed to be in the body is sure. Isn't that true? Sometimes we do things to put ourselves outside of the body. You want to make that election sure. Okay? Uh, Let me read this other thing to you here. Uh, John 15. This is kind of cool. Listen to what this says. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Now here's the thing. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatsoever she asks of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you that ye love one another. But you didn't choose him. He chose you, didn't he? Now, I want you to stop and think about this for a minute. The God that created everything in this earth, the God of the universe, chose you. What was so important about you? That he chose you. Think about it for a second. Could you see maybe? Could he see that you would accept him and that you become a follower? That's why the call went out. Everybody doesn't come when the call goes. That's true. Not everybody comes. Look at all these people you go through every day when you walk out there. Not God's calling them. But have they gotten to the calling and the election? They haven't. They haven't even realized the call. They're walking in their own thing, their own world. That's what's important to them. But what about when God has chosen you? What, what makes you so different? Why are you sitting here today compared to others that are not sitting here? There's been a call that went out on your life. There's been an election. And what's happening is, is that you're here because of the choosing of God based on what? The believer, based on the love, based on the obedience. Isn't that true? This is the thing that God is doing. So wherever you shall ask of my father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you that ye love one another. Now, listen to this. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Dan talked a little bit about that this morning. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. It does, doesn't it? So it's not going to always be. I think there was something that was being mentioned. Gosh, I remember what, what it was this past Thursday night when Dan came on on the deacons thing there. He was the mystery speaker, they said, for Thursday night. So, but, you know, and I think he may have mentioned it this morning, too. If everybody speaks well of you and they, they think hey, you're just the cat's meow in everything, be careful, guys. You know why? Because this just said the world's going to hate you. So if the world just loves you, I think you maybe better take some self-inventory, huh? Think maybe you ought to take some self-inventory? People say, wait, wait, wait. That's not a bad thing if everybody likes you. Everybody likes you. Everybody thinks you're the coolest thing on two feet. Really, you've never had any offense, any problem, no hatred, no anger. None of that's ever come toward you because you're so cool, right? Is that what it is? Hey, if you are that way, you better start taking some inventory. Because if you're really living for Christ, saying the things that Christ has put in your mind and in your heart, there's going to be people that will hate you because they hated him. Now, was he perfect? Was Christ perfect? And they still what? Hated him. Even being perfect, even being the Christ, they still hated him, didn't they? That's powerful. Because he said things that upset their apple cart. He spoke truth in the word of God, and they didn't like that. Sometimes he reproved people, and they didn't like that. People got offended at him, didn't they? But, but he was perfect. He did the right thing. So what must be the problem? The problem had to be in them and not in him. So isn't that what we have to try to get ourselves on, on path for? If we have a problem in us, we need to let God help us take care of that problem. Isn't that true? Uh, There's something I I read. This is, it was kind of, I've always liked this scripture. Um, Let's see, Psalms 1828. Actually, let's look at Proverbs 2027 first. Proverbs 2027. I've always liked this. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. So what is God telling you? Is he always searching the inward man in you? And it says your spirit, the spirit of man, is the candle. Wait, wait, wait. The spirit of man that you are is the candle that allows God to search all the inward belly? Let's, let's say go to another scripture and I'll show you something else about it. Now let's go to Psalms 1828. 1828. For thou wilt light my candle. So who's lighting the candle that's doing the search? The Lord. The Lord, my God, will enlighten my darkness. So what's he searching for? He's putting that candle there so there won't be complete darkness, right? Now, what about if you've gotten rid of a lot of the darkness, but there's still spots there? What is that candle going to do? He will enlighten your darkness. He'll find those spots. Well, where do we get this idea about spots from? The book of Jude. Didn't it say that we have spots and wrinkles in us? It sure does, doesn't it? So sometimes when we think we've got it, we've made it, I'm, I'm the good person, I'm the one that God called for, I'm a great disciple, I'm following God. God said, well, wait a minute here, I see a little spot over here. And I'm going to put the candle over there so you can see it too. Remember it says it's the spirit of man, right? I want you to see it too. And I found a little spot in you still. We don't want the spots or the wrinkles, do we, Terry? No spots, no wrinkles. God wants you cleansed, he wants you perfect. Be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is, perfect we say we can't do that here in a physical world you're right you can't but can you do it spiritually in god actually you could do it here too but men would nitpick wouldn't they they still say you're not you see where i'm getting at Uh, jesus didn't commit like i said any sin at all but they still came against him didn't they in fact they came against him so hard they wanted to do what kill him the whole thing so that shows you what's going to happen but spiritually guess what Can you be perfect before God? If you follow after Christ, you can be perfect. If you do the things that Christ told you to do, you allow Christ to help you to do those things and let the anointing guide you. Can you do that? Yes. He wouldn't have said, be ye perfect as your father in heaven if you couldn't attain to it. Why would he give you something you could not attain to? See how that works? But he's going to help you to attain to it. You're his word. You're his spirit. So he can manifest himself in you in such a way that perfection can see perfection. Glory to glory. Wouldn't that work? Yeah, he could do that because who put the glory in you? God did. He helped you to overcome that flesh and veil it, huh? So that the glory could show. Isn't that that the person that does? Can you do that on your own? You think you can do it on your own? Because if you could, you would have been doing what you're supposed to do even now, long before even hearing about God. And you would have been perfect already. But we know that's not the case, huh? I knew I wasn't perfect. I was messed up until God <laughs> came into my life. I was a mess. But God came into my life. So he's changing that mess, huh? Is he reforming it and reshaping it? Sure is. Very powerful things. So we talk about following God. Uh, this very famous scripture, you guys know this John 10 27. Let's look at that. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Gee, is that that discipline again? Isn't that what the disciples did? Did they follow him? Disciple, discipline, see? And they follow him. So he said, my sheep, they know my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That's what we have to do. We have to keep following. We have to continue. You see how that works? So we have to keep following. And I like this next part after that. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Look at that word, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You know, we give excuses, and God, it was so hard on me, and they kept saying things against me, and all those guys hated me, and the wicked was always on my case, and whatever. What does he say here? What does he say? Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Hmm. You got to believe that, don't you? You got to be with God. You need need to be joined to God. My father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. And I and my father are one. So they can't take you out of the father's hand. So they're not going to be able to take you out of Jesus' hand. Him and the father are one. Isn't that right? So he's saying that's impossible for them to be able to do that. Only if you let down, you take a step back into perdition. You follow after and join yourself to a spirit you shouldn't join yourself to. Then things are going to happen. Will things happen? Things will definitely happen. That's the way that works. But if you join yourself to God and continue to follow him, that's what the disciples did. They followed him. Did they always do what he wanted them to do? No. Did did they believe the way they wanted them to believe? No. He said, oh, ye of little faith. He would tell them. But then after he reproved them, At least they considered it. Because in a lot of cases when he told them that, they wouldn't do that particular thing again that way. You don't read of it again. When he gave them that, do you think he gave them understanding about what he was talking about, even when he reproved them? Oh, yeah. Didn't they have experiences that they were never going to forget? That's for sure. They had some experiences. That's what happened. So he said, you're not able to pluck you out of my father's hand. Now, when he told them that, look what happens next. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Because he said that they took up stones. To stone. We want to kill you just about what you said just now. Do you think men are going to kill you too? They want to because you say the same things. I am my father are one. I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God like Jesus was a son of God. Who do you think you are, man? That's what they started looking at you and started asking you questions. But if you're following God, following in a discipline of God, if you're a disciple of God, if you're following then you shouldn't be ashamed to be able to say something like that. Are you following God to the utmost? This is a very good thing. Let me take you to another one. Um, John 12, 26. If any man serve me, let him follow me. Man, that following thing is going, isn't it? If any man's going to serve me, what does he have to do? He has to follow him. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Whew. That's a pretty straight to the point thing. If you serve him, the father will honor you. Isn't that true? Now, what did I uh, say to you? I think it was a couple of weeks ago. We all want to say we want to be humble, right? Is there humbleness before honor? Yes. You humble yourself under the hand of God, and he will lift you. He'll exalt you in due season, huh? But if you exalt yourself, then there's a problem, huh? Then he has to abase you. Isn't that how it works? So we don't want to do that. We want to be humble at the Lord's feet. Before you get any honor from God, you have to be clothed in humility. Let's get humility on us. Let's be low down at the foot of the cross. Let's be low down at the foot of the throne of grace. You know, that's what Paul called it. We just have to just get ourselves in such a place that we realize that we give all honor to God and it's his glory. Isn't it true? We sanctify the Lord. We don't do anything outside of what he tells us to do. This is where humbleness will start to come in. And when you speak, you don't take the glory to yourself. Oh, no, no, no. I I really put that together, man. You guys need to listen to me all the time because I'm such a great orator. I I can get it, man. I can tell you how to do it. You know, there are preachers going around talking like that, talking like that. I can preach you out of this and I'll preach you out of it. Really? Really? Don't have a bitter truth in them or whatever? It's not enough to be able to do that, guys. It has to be that you are a servant of God and has to be made known to who? Not to men, to God. Then the manifestation will go out to men, won't it? Why, why are you different, man? Why are you so different in the way you speak, you act, the things that you go? Well, I have a God that I serve, and I keep myself loaded. With I, I, of myself, I can do nothing. Didn't Jesus say that? Of myself, I can do nothing. But the one I serve, the Father that I serve, can he do all things? And then in turn, can I do all things? Uh-huh. That's how it worked. So we, if we're going to sanctify the Lord, then we will follow him and sanctify him in every act that we do. In thought, in everything that we say, we're going to sanctify the Lord. That's how that's going to work. Sanctifying him. What he says to do, we're going to do. What he says to speak, we're going to speak. Where he says to go, we're going to go. That's that's what it is. Sanctify him, and then you will stay humble because you're not going to take the credit on yourself. Say, I'm only doing what the Lord told me to do. To say, to go. You see what that? To speak, to observe. I'm doing what the Father told me to do. That's a very good thing. So then we're in a discipline, aren't we? A discipline in the Spirit. Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I into this hour. Father, glorify thy name. And then there came a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. He asked the Father to do it, and then the voice came from heaven, didn't it? I have glorified it and I'm going to glorify it again. What, what do he mean? He's going to go to that cross, he's going to die, and then he's going to be raised up again. So I've glorified it with you, your life on the earth, and when you die, I'm going to raise you up again and glorify it again. That's what he's telling them, huh? I have glorified The voice from heaven saying this. I have glorified it, and I am going to glorify it again. Whew. I and the Father are one, huh? So if you serve God, you'll follow him. If you're going to be a servant, you will follow. This is an amazing thing. But when we go to the point of being diligent, um, the Father talks about us being diligent in all things. And, and in order to do that, I had some of these things listed here. And this discipline is a big thing. What they teach us in the service, Terry, about discipline? <laughs> you don't go anywhere. Right. Uh, The discipline that I learned, even in this physical realm, was very important to me. And I'm not going to go through the whole story, but I've told you guys about learning how to walk in that El ambush. The discipline is that you do it so you'll save your life. But the way we thought, oh, we'll all get killed if we do that. That's what you thought, right? What did children of Israel think when God took them out in the desert there? We're going to all die. God's going to kill us. And that was not true. That was not true. But somebody had some experience to say, hey, turn, walk into that fire. And more of you will survive if you do that. That's exactly what happened. Somebody had some experience. What did God tell us? You follow me, you won't have to be afraid of the lightning and the thunder and the fire and all that. You won't be afraid of any of it. You won't be afraid of the thunders. You won't be afraid of my voice speaking to you. You know why? Because you have a relationship with me. You have followed me. And to say that, you have followed me. There's a scripture that talks about, I think it's in Titus. I don't know. I'm almost done. This is pretty cool. If I can find the scripture, it just came to me. Uh, Titus uh, 3, 4, I think. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. Man, there was some love, wasn't it? I'm going to die on the cross for you. I'm going to shed my blood and, and cover your sins. Take your sins away, as a matter of fact. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. It's not because you did so much right stuff, that you were so holy, that you were so great. Actually, you were the opposite, weren't you? Not by righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration. I love that. And renewing of the Holy Ghost which he shed on us, what? Abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So now we can be justified by his grace. People say, well, you can't justify yourself. What if God justifies me by his grace? What if I walk in the grace of God and those things that are performed in me are performed in me because Christ performs them? Now, can something be done about that? That's good then, isn't it? It's pretty good. So what I'm thinking is, is that this this regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost it says regeneration. So did we have the spirit of God before When we were with them in the beginning? Yes. Wasn't his spirit in us? Weren't we part of his spirit? So now that washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Why did it say renew? Because we had it once, guys. And he's going to renew it again. In these latter days, we've seen it, huh? We're going to the one, the body of Christ, receives the Holy Ghost and goes forth and does what changes your world on the inside. Isn't that what we want to do? We go out and try to save other people's world before we even do anything to our own. Isn't that true? Isn't that what we try to do? We go out and tell other people about it. And all that says, Man, have you gotten your world taken care of yet? That's what you have to take care of. This word this morning going forth, guess who's it for first? Y'all want to share in it, you can. But it's for me. I got to get myself together not me getting it together, the Lord getting it together for me, right? I have to follow him and God will get this all straightened out before we start straightening out somebody else. What'd that thing say? Hey, well, you want to take, a, take the moat out of my eye and you got a telephone pole coming out of yours. You, you see how it works? That's the way I like to imagine it. That big, huh? But didn't he say a beam? He said, you're trying to get this little teeny speck out of my eye so I can see right. And out of your eye, I can walk somebody walking around. They got this telephone beam going right through their head. All right, let me take the moat out of your eye. Come here, let me get rid of this thing that you got. I said, dude, you have a problem right now. You better, <laughs> you better take care of that big beam coming out of your head right now before you try to take care of me. And that's what we do. Don't we do that? We want to, I'm, we're going to correct them. And you've judged them. I'm going to tell you what you did. You've judged the person. Then you say, now I'm going to take that out. You're going to take it out, or maybe should God take it out? I think maybe God should take it out. But no, 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 you're so great. You're the Savior. You're going to take it out, huh? You're going to save them? Is that what you're going to do? No. God is the Savior. There's only one Savior. It's God. God is the Savior. Let him get that thing out of the eye. And let him get that beam out of yours, that telephone pole. Let him get that out of yours. And then God can make both of you right. Isn't that good? It's a good thing. So we're in a stage of regeneration again. Are not our aspects of our soul being regenerated? Yeah, they are, aren't they? The wife, the son, the daughter. Doesn't it say that? The friend. What was the other brother? Isn't that it? All of those aspects. Are we having those regenerated so that God said he's washing that, that washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost so the Holy Ghost can have free reign? Isn't that true? So what does it say? We have to follow him. So is that the discipline we're talking about? Following him. With all diligence, follow him. That's pretty cool, huh? Anybody got any questions for me? I told you it wasn't going to be much longer. Any questions or comments about what you heard? So now we're getting into the discipline part, huh? That's what we need to do.